Online, wolfroofing.net. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? I'm going to be playing more of this now for you now that I've learned the I did enjoy it. I did. Uh, some of the blowback it's received, though. Some of the suggestions that have been put out for next year. <laughs> Need more Ted Nugent. Lee Greenwood. Mm. I'm good with what we have. Yeah, it was, um, you know who the, uh, the the rumor is next year? The Super Bowl's in Phoenix next year. Okay. And the anticipation, not the anticipation, the speculation is already starting to percolate uh, the, maybe the biggest entertainer that resides in the state of Arizona. He sold out six times here at Wells Fargo Arena a couple of years ago. Oh, Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks. I didn't I didn't realize he lived in Arizona. I think, I think he does. I think he's uh-huh. an Arizona resident. Um, I'm not a country music fan. I've been to Garth twice because my You wife, have? And it's a great show. Is it really? It's a great show. Well, we'll see if that uh, does indeed happen or not. Right now, Brian Arilko, Director of Gaming for the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, joins us. A proud Iowa State grad, I must say. Hello, Brian, Trent, and Ken. How are you? I'm doing good. Good to talk to you guys. Good to talk to you. Well, it was a busy month in January, was it? Not as far as sports wagering. Another record, top $300 million for the first time ever, 303 Although they've been, uh, I mean, we've been doing over, what, $250 million the last three or four months. But topping that $3 million month in, uh, mark in January, I'm not sure we'd get there this quickly. Brian, how about you? No, I agree with you, Ken. It, it really is... Uh unbelievable you know we actually saw a dip in handle the month of december and so uh, we weren't sure what to expect in january uh handle surpassed anything that we had seen to this point uh we're over 300 million um there was a couple of little uh, trends and nuggets in those numbers you know one interesting thing of note was the hold was uh, only 4.7 percent and so if if you look at the handle handle went up dramatically um but the revenue did not and and right. you know it really is something that um we've been watching as we kind of look at trends and what to expect and, and when you make your projections and and um you know it really is uh i think the norm is maybe for uh, a lower hold than what maybe people had originally thought. And there's, there's just not that disparity um, with the information available uh, between the books and the play- the players. And so the players uh, really had a good month uh, in January in terms of uh, hold percentage. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask you to expand on it. That means that I was are pretty good at betting sports, right? Or at least they were in January. Yeah, they really were. And we have been seeing hold uh, really trend along that five to five and a half percent line. And, um, uh, you know, you're, you're an expert in this and you know, as much as, as I do. Um, but, but that uh, truly is, um, you know, less than what we had thought when we were looking at this back in 2018 and 19 and trying to determine what, what to expect. And I just think a lot of it has to do with the information that's available and, and the people that are playing are paying attention and, and are doing 
uh, a lot better than what uh, people had uh, maybe had originally thought. Well, for my degenerate brethren, that is good news for us as we're <laughs> keep a little bit more money in that pocket or make it a little bit, which is good to see. And yet, ultimately, these properties are still doing pretty well on top of it. So this is a, a little bit of a win-win when you go into it. Well, the Super Bowl was a winner for the books across the board. Mm-hmm. As we wait for the official numbers for Iowa, can you tell us anything, an inkling at least how inside the state the gamblers or the properties did uh, for the Super Bowl. I don't believe you have the full numbers yet, though. Correct? And it was sixteen million last year, right? Just north of sixteen million was had was bet on the Super Bowl in Iowa. It, that's right, guys. And so uh, it was sixteen point three billion or sixteen point three million in two thousand twenty-one. We did about six and a half in twenty, and so I expect uh, we'll do significantly more uh, this year. At this point, we're still getting numbers in from all the books we have. Um, you know, twice as many books as we had last year, and I was hoping we would have numbers for you folks, and I and I don't, and I will text you as soon as I get them. I think they'll be in later this afternoon, and um, but it does look like um, from a handle standpoint, uh, we should uh, see more than what we saw last year, um, and and uh, in terms of of the winners and losers, um, it's still too early uh, to, to really tell um, how the books did. Uh, in, in Iowa on the game. Brian, do you get uh, from the operators, do you get a breakdown of in-game wagering that is, at least from where I sit, growing uh, every single month? It it, uh, it was slow to take hold here in the United States. I know that when sports wagering was coming to the, to the country, quite honestly, uh, and uh, we were looking at it, it was so popular in the U.K. that you had to think that there would come a point where Americans would grasp this once wagering, you know, expanded beyond the borders of Nevada. Do you have any idea of, uh, of um, tabulating those numbers as to how big in-game wagering has gotten over the last year, or do the, are the operators keep that to themselves? Yeah, so that information is something that would be available uh, to the commission if we were to ask in our weekly and monthly reports. It's not uh, something that we receive uh, routinely, so it, it, when we get that information, it's when we're investigating wow. um, you know, some sort of uh, incident or issue. But just anecdotally, um, I, I am still hearing that in-game wagering is slowly starting to take off, but but it's not um, what it is uh, for sure in, in Europe. A lot of the new companies that are coming into the market to get licensed, uh, that's how they're trying to differentiate themselves from some of the bigger companies is maybe they have more in-play offerings uh, uh, or different markets. Uh, those are the types of things that we're seeing from some of the some of the newer um, books that are that are trying to enter our market, but um, um, you know it's it's starting to become more popular, but but um, still not uh, like what you would see in in, um, in other countries. Daily fantasy, I know it's a niche of a niche. What are you seeing in that growing? Is that starting to dissipate, going the other way? And along with it, what else is still out there in the sports wagering market that people inside the state of Iowa are looking for? Yeah. Wait. We are starting to see uh, interest from new books um, starting to decline. And so I do think we are reaching a a saturation point in terms of new books. And so the new books, we're offering new products. Um, I think what we're going to see next is more of a transition to content. Um, so, so if someone is wagering on soccer and tennis, 
um, there, there's going to be more of a, of a push to, to have that available for, uh, for people to watch on their app. And I think that maybe is, is the next step. But, um, um, you know, the companies are trying to figure out, you know, what makes them special uh, from another company and whether it's offerings or bet types. And, and there are, you know, there are some things that, that, um, uh, that some companies offer that others don't and, and, the, and the players like that. But, uh, um, but, you know, I think the next thing will likely be content. And then, um, you know, we'll have to kind of continue to keep an eye on, you know, what's after that. Uh, Brian, this is um, uh, maybe an unfair question. I don't, I don't want you to speculate here, um, unless you want to. <laughs> but when it comes to casino gaming, there was some thought that Iowa might be, you know, one of um, one of the first to to really go full born and 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 expand into online, where you could play poker, you could play slots. I know New Jersey because uh, the online casinos is very is very very popular, and I anticipate wherever it goes, it will be. Is Iowa? Um, on the cusp of getting to that point, are we, I don't know, a handful of years away? What can you tell us about online casino wagering in the state of Iowa? Sure. So there was a bill uh, that was filed uh, this year that would authorize uh, online casino gambling. Uh, it did pass out a subcommittee. It is in uh, a House state government committee right now. Uh, this is funnel week, and so we'll have a good idea as to if uh, uh, these, these bills will be moving, um, at the end of this week. If a bill is not out of committee, then, uh, for the most part, it's something that can't be considered, uh, the rest of the legislative session. And so what I'm hearing from many of the operators is that, um, uh, Iowa is still, um, uh, a few years away mm-hmm. in terms of just getting a consensus from the casinos. And that, that That's the key. is something that is important. Um, for the industry um, as they uh, you know, try to lobby and, and, and get support legislatively. But but something the legislature would need to authorize, and uh, at this point um, it, it, it looks to be in a committee, and, and most people that I've talked to um, um, believe that you know, this may not be the year. Yeah, and the, the blowback, I'm guessing, and we'll use Prairie Meadows because they're in our backyard, uh, and, and the money that they funnel into Polk County, it's it's more than significant, right? I mean, look what the uh, uh, look how much money Prairie Meadows has turned over the county. And if there is online, if you I mean, if you don't have to get in your car in, in January to go pull a slot or, or play or, or play whatever your game is, you're going to stay at home and do that. And that's going to hurt the community in a way because that money that Prairie Meadows would be funneling into that community is not going to be there when there's, you know, half the capacity that they would normally get. How will they work that piece as far as cutting up the pie, Brian? Is that one of the, the bigger sticking points that still has to be worked out? I have to assume it is. Yeah, Ken, you're right. And, and, and all of those things that you mentioned just demonstrate how complicated this issue is. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, you know, in Iowa, it's very unique. Uh, a lot of the gambling revenue, or, or at least a significant portion, uh, does go back uh, to the communities. It goes uh, more so uh, at, with Prairie Meadows and, and Dubuque, uh, as they are nonprofits. But even the, the for-profit casinos have a nonprofit license partner. And so, if if revenue uh, is taken away from a brick-and-mortar casino, uh, then it also takes away from from those uh, from those local charities. Uh, but the but the other thing that you kind of run into 
with this type of discussion is, you know, who currently are the partners and, and um, the casinos have uh, each partner uh, uh, have, have are required to partner with a sports book. And so uh, that's how a sports book can get a license in Iowa. And so if you're a casino that maybe is, is not one of the top four or top five um, in terms of sports revenue, and you're relying on that partner to drive your online casino, uh, it may be something that is a little scary uh, because those other, those other companies that really have this figured out um, may may dr- drive the market, and and then then you have that concern that you know could that impact your brick and mortar gambling? And so there's there's a lot of issues uh, out there, and it's complicated. And and you know I'm I'm sure that to get industry consensus, there there will have to be some sort of discussion on revenue and how that will be shared with the with the casinos, but also the communities. Mattress Mac, he's a famous guy that. <laughs> yeah. Been losing a lot of money here lately. We did a tough weekend. Let's say Mattress Mac gets on a flight from Houston, comes up here to Iowa, and he's going to fire, and he's going to make a couple million dollar wager. What goes on? The bells and whistles. Take us behind the scenes, if you will. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be Mattress Mac. It could be Billy Bob down the street, and he's got money, and he's got a big bet that he wants to make. How that works for the operators, and does that trickle down to you? Say somebody wants to make a seven-figure bet. Yeah, what a story, and um, hmm. it's and it is uh, uh, kind of interesting. And so, what what would happen is it, it really is up to the operators. And so, I think um, you know if that wager was placed online, uh, then then the local casinos wouldn't have uh, much input. And so, if they uh, and you know he's already uh, been able to make wagers on on with DraftKings and Caesar Sportsbook and, and those companies. And so they're, you know, they have an app in Iowa. So anyone uh, likely could do that. Now it would get the attention. And, and typically when these bets are making, are made that um, the individual has had a conversation with the book and has, has made them aware that they have an interest in making this wager and it's been cleared. And, and so I would, I would expect that that's probably has happened with mattress Mac um, but and would need to happen if someone in Iowa were to do that. Um, now we have had uh, people in Iowa that uh, have gone into a retail sports book and, and have asked uh, to make those types of wagers. And typically, there is a policy in place um, at each casino that says if it goes over a certain amount, then they need to get approval, and that could go all the way up to the general manager that uh, or the owner of the casino that may have to approve that type of wager. When we get involved, it's typically when we're doing uh, some auditing, and you'll you notice even if you look at the numbers this month, there were a few sports books that actually showed a loss, and so mm-hmm. these are things that cause red flags, and and we'll we'll start asking questions, and many times the answer will be, well, uh, we had a big, we lost a big bet here, or we lost a big bet there, and and you know those are reasonable uh, um, explanations to why we may see a variance, and so that that really would be kind of how we're involved. Maybe later today, if not today, early tomorrow, we'll have the Super Bowl number for the state of Iowa, which you believe, as we do, will surpass last year's sixteen point six or whatever it was million dollars. But later on today, Brian, you think? I do think so, and I will make sure I get it to you right away. You're the man. Thank you, Brian Arilco. We appreciate what you do for Director of Gaming for the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, Brian Arilco. Brian, have a great week. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Brian Arilco, IRGC. Good information there. Um, Casino, 
I just there's, there's a lot there's a lot of hurdles to get yes. past. Yes, yeah. How are they going to carve it up? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the charities that Prairie Meadows and the other nonprofit. What do you say? Dubuque is a nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, that they funnel into the community. Uh, you're not going to want those to diminish at all. Not at all. And they will. <laughs> Let's face it. Mm-hmm. And foot traffic and the restaurants mm-hmm. and all of it. Everything that's inside of all of these casinos, yeah. it's going to be taken away. You can just sit on your couch and you can fire away and you like to play blackjack. Playing blackjack. Right. Right there. Yep. And you don't have to make the drive. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, have a, you won't have a beer. Right. Well, you probably will, but you get it in your fridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's impactful. It is. So I can understand, certainly, the casino perspective. Ultimately, big picture, it'd be more money. Uh, yeah. But again, it's how you carve it up. Right. And you've got to make a lot of people happy when mm-hmm. you do that. And that's not going to be easy. Well, I had to talk some Valley. I am. I am too. Loyola looked so good on uh, Sunday. They really did. They couldn't miss, like you said. It was a bad game. Yeah. Now, as I said yesterday, when you told me that you were watching, the, I had no idea that the golf was still oh, going on. It was so good. So compelling. I'm in. And you know, I like to bet on golf. I know you do. Well, you bet on two flies crawling up a wall. Let's be <laughs> honest. Give me the one on the left. I... After watching as much as I did last weekend, I am now into golf mode. Football's over, and it is now. College basketball is always number one for me. Not even close. Football betting's great. Mm -hmm. College basketball's my favorite. Football's two. Golf might be getting up. I think golf might be two for me. You love it. Masters. Masters. Yeah, the Masters starts. But the majors, I I don't bet the other ones. I'm not sick like you. Some people would disagree. Yeah, well, that's true. Mr. 12 uh, Futures over there well, in the see, Super Bowl. Now, I'm basically done. My my sports gambling is done. For the, I'm, Until I'll the bet Masters? Futures. Until the Masters. And you got a little March Madness stuff in. Some of the, I'll bet yeah. a few teams. But you don't do game to game. I don't. I like Futures. Will you NCAA tournament? No, we... I don't think I will. Really? I'll have my you know, my group of five or six teams to cut down the nets. Likewise, I'll bet a, a team in the American League, a team in the National yeah. League. But I'm, all, I'm for whatever reason, I'm just into these futures, and I think that that's probably better off for me. Mm-hmm. That I'm better off not firing on a nightly basis. I've right. got enough. Well, you get into the beer and you eh, have a puff. That's and just it. I see you live wagering over there. That'd be ugly. <laughs> that would be. We'll take a timeout. Uh, Kevin Lehman will join us next on the Valley on the Big Four. Trent's played the day. What did you do yesterday? Two and two. Another two and two day. I had six plays overall. I went three and three. Mm. Not the start we're looking for, but this is a much. Do you heavier. like Iowa State tonight? I kind of do. Do you yeah. taking the, the? Was it three and a half? Three and set? a half. Yeah, like getting a lot of dogs today. And yesterday, I liked four favorites, which is not like me. No, it's, it's dogs totally are barking like you. Yes. Ah, uh, boy, clones need this win in the worst way, don't they? They really do. Tyrese Hunter, stop the bleeding. I, yeah, the word makes sense to me. Eleven twenty-five. Time for a keyword. It's our final one of the day, and again, this promotion ends on Friday. Uh, go to KXNO.com once you get there. Enter the keyword work. Work. KXNO.com. Your chance at a grand. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Do you remember when America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, won their first Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and company? 
It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or on... The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Bye. Juna. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's play of the day still to come. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's coming up here, oh, in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Washer Systems of Iowa, they sponsor our next segment. Let's go around the valley, shall we? Kevin Lehman is here. He was in the house to watch that shooting display on Sunday afternoon as Loyola took it to northern Iowa. Hello, Kevin, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, my pleasure, guys. I'm doing well. So I knew that you you had the game. I watched uh, you know a good portion of it till it seemed like it was over, uh, and then I flipped away. So you get the the game finishes. Did you get to a TV in time to see kickoff for the Super Bowl, or were you still wrapping things up? Well, we actually got went across the street to a bar named Bruno's, and that is owned by Doug Bruno, who is the the Paul women's coach. How about that? So we were able to grab, uh, and here's what the funny thing about it, uh, Ken and Trent. I get in there, and these three guys come up, and they want to know if I'm friends with Kevin Boyle. They were Kevin Boyle's high school teammates at St. Lawrence. <laughs> and we were supposed to be there, but Kevin uh, didn't make the trip because of a little flu bug. But uh, that was an interesting afternoon with a couple South Side Chicago guys that gave me some great stories on Kevin Boyle. That's awesome. Love, love that, the uh, connected tissue that is out there. Always running into people. It's a small world, and you see that seemingly every single time. Loyola, they uh, were many people's favorite coming into the year. I know Drake won the preseason poll. Had a couple of hiccups in there, losing here in Des Moines. Lost to Bradley last week, but that shooting display they had, certainly in the first half and continued into the second. Loyola shoots like that. There's nobody in the MVC that can beat them, right? Well, I- I'm with you on that, Uh Trent, and, you know, those first two that Lucas Winston had kind of bounced around and tasted yeah. all the rim before they yeah. went in. And Ukwok <laughs> had only made five threes in 12 Valley games. He hit three in that first half. And that's the guy most people don't guard when they play Loyola. So that really is, uh, as my buddy Mitch Holtis used to say, that's put a stone in your oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that is an excellent point. Uh, so let's... What what's left? I mean, statistically, you look at what's uh, statistically with the schedule. You look at it. Um, the Panthers can get a split. They still got a the return visit. This isn't over yet, is it, Kevin? Not by any means. Uh, 
can. And here's why. If you look at Northern Iowa's schedule, it's tough, but they control their own destiny, so to speak, because they have Missouri State at home. Right, before that. The team that's taken a run. They've got Loyola at home the last game of the season uh, a week from this Saturday. So if they take care of business on the road, which isn't easy in any league, at Illinois State that's uh, tonight, and they got to go to Indiana State. For some reason, Holman Center, Larry Bird, he still haunts that place. It's been problems for the Panthers. But if they can do that, you know they're going to play well at home. They can beat Missouri State, and you got it may come down to Loyola in Northern Iowa in that last game of the season if the Panthers can take care of business. It was a rough one for Noah Carter on Sunday. It was a rough one before that against Southern Illinois after he had scored 23, 19, and 21 the three previous games. When you look at Noah Carter, this is the most extended minute certainly that he has seen at the collegiate level. Is a young man hitting a wall or just two bad games? What's your thoughts on Carter? Uh, I think, Trent, what's happened is going against two teams that have uh, three post players. And that's what Loyola has that other teams don't. Uh, they've got the transfer from Dartmouth, who they put in the starting lineup, Chris Knight, who he leads the league in field goal percentage. Plus, he's big and strong. And they bring in Hudson, who's 6'10", about 240. And then the other kid that they bring in, that they got a lot of mileage out of Tim Wells. So they've got three guys, 6'9", or bigger in that front line. And, you know, Carter's really a 3'4", trying to play the 5. And they just pushed him off the spot. He couldn't find anything uh, in transition in the open three. So it was a bad matchup for Noah Carter. But, you know, Ben Diggs the type of guy, when they play him the second time, he'll have some adjustments to try to put some pressure on Loyola's post players. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Drake, who's kind of fallen on some hard times, losing three straight. Now, again, three of the better teams uh, in the conference. They've still got to go to Loyola. I think that's this weekend, if memory serves. But Northern Iowa, Mo State, and Bradley, they uh, all uh, didn't, didn't go their way. Where are you on this Drake team? Have they just – is that a product of the schedule? Is this uh, – or is there something more to it? Have they hit a wall? What's going on with DeVries' squad? And I think part of it's uh, Roman Penn is playing with a broken foot. Yeah. And this kid is not, you know, he's about 80%. You know, he's gotten through it. He was supposed to have surgery mid-season. He said, no, I'm going to play through this, and I am going to have surgery afterwards. He only practiced like game day or the day before game. I just think because of their injuries and what they fought through that uh, they're not 100%, and they didn't have a lot of depth because of the loss of Yesifu. Mm-hmm. The Maka goes down with that early injury, so it gives them – they don't have that inside presence other than uh, Darnell Brody. So I, I think just a you know ma- bad matchups, and they're probably a little tired right now. But I tell you what, Darren DeVries always – I say that dude always pulls a rabbit out of his hat, so he is always a dangerous matchup when you get to St. Louis. And the schedule looks really good for Drake down the stretch. Three of the last five at home, the road game at Loyola, obviously tough, but the other one on the road at Valpo, certainly a winnable there, one there. Is it more than anything, trying to probably stay out of that 4-5 matchup and try to get to the 2-3 seed line, give yourself an opportunity to stay on the other side of the bracket from Loyola? Is that kind of what everybody's shooting for in your mind? I really think that's what you're looking at right now. But Missouri State with Isaiah Mosley, you know, a dangerous team too because yeah. Mosley could go off for 40 but that Missouri State team does not have a lot of depth. You know, when you look at the Valley, Northern Iowa and Loyola, have, they're going 10 deep. Drake is not, and Missouri State, they're going like 7 deep. And that's a problem, you guys know, when you get in a conference play where you got three games in three days. And even now, like Loyola's got this problem, guys. 
they have a makeup game, so they're going to be playing four game, three games in eight days before they go into St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be a tired team. When they came into Drake, they had had to play three games in a matter of eight days. They were tired that day when they lost to the Nap Center. That's going to be a factor in St. Louis. How how. Uh, much stamina does that loyal team have? Mm. Before we take a look at the other two in state, I was at. We had a caller uh, during a break ask me to ask you uh, about Wake Forest and Steve Forbes' team. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure you pay too much of your working most nights, uh, but when you do get a chance, this is clearly a tournament team. You would think, right? That uh, where they're sitting right now in the ACC. Yeah, I tell you, Lenardi has them as the last four buys, but I think you know Steve Forbes. I've known him. Way back since he was in high school, he's a character. He's had a great turnaround at Wake Forest. Of course, ACC, not a real strong league this year. I don't know what's happened to him. North Carolina's fallen off. Syracuse has fallen off. But, uh, yeah, that's if he can get the Demon Deacons in the in-state tournament, they're going to go crazy down there at Wake Forest. And I think he's going to do it. Back to the MVC for one question. Tonight, you and I, they get Illinois State. Illinois State, for my money, it is a sleeping giant. It is a huge state school. It's in a place where you can get dudes, yet just haven't been able to get over the hump. They've had some good teams. Mueller had some of them, but this is going to be the last for him as he'll be let go at the end of the season. What kind of coach do you anticipate they're going to be able to go after? How much can they spend, and just how good ultimately could Illinois State be if they do get the right guy? Trent, when you look around the Valley, most people have always considered that maybe the best job in the league because of the tradition there. Um, you've also got uh, your approximate to Chicago for recruiting base. Nice arena, good facilities. You know, and, you know, Dan's a great guy. We we hate to see that happen to him. You know, he, the last team they had in the NCAA tournament, Dan played on in the '98. Hmm. Uh, so I think. I was thinking about that yesterday on the way back from Chicago. I bet you look for them to bring in an assistant from a high major, high major team is what I'm thinking right now. Who's the hot assistant in the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve, or a league like that? Interesting, Kevin. Let's uh, go to the. Uh, we'll start with Iowa State. They've lost four straight. They get uh, they're on the road at TCU tonight. <laughs> Um, the, the, with with the exception of the game against Baylor, although maybe that doesn't look quite as difficult now at the end of the season, with Chachua gone for the remainder of the season, I don't know what buttons uh, T.J. Otzelberger can push. Trent and I have tried to figure that out, Kevin. Uh, is there a button this late in the season that they they can't magically find scoring right, and and they just they just don't have that other than Brockington, Hunter maybe, Kalsher every five games, Grill every four or five games he gets it going. Uh, clearly, this team, speaking of that wall, seems like they have hit it. What can T.J. Otzelberger do to try and turn his team around? Well, one of the problems they have, uh, Ken, is you know they've been through the Big Twelve, so everybody knows them now. You know they know Brockington's the guy. As you said, Kalsher's been he's been up and down. They haven't got really a post presence with Condit. We saw a little bit of it. It just didn't happen. So, you know, you know, TJ, he keeps talking about the process and trying to get to that high intensity on defense. So they just gotta come out and see if they can create some offense with their defense. The problem he runs this time of year is teams teams have gotten pretty good at handling the basketball when you get late this late in the season. They've kind of erased some of their flaws in that area and that's I think one of the reasons why they're having problems, they can't create any extra possessions with their defense. So if you look down the road what they've got coming, 
Here's the question I got for you guys. Does 7 and 11, the Big 12, get you in the NCAA tournament? Because I think that's where we're seeing this Iowa State team headed. It seems you like, look at that yeah. three at home, mm-hmm. three on the road. Can they win those three at home and steal one on the road? Whether it's going to be at TCU coming up, K-State, I don't think they're going to win at Baylor. No, you probably already put that one in the Yale column. I think they get there. When you look around college basketball, you look at the other bubble teams, unless we get a bunch of bid stealers out there, I think they're ultimately, even at 6-12, and 12, got, look at those quad one wins. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be huge, and it's so different than what we're used to. The new net system, I think, is also going to put a change there. And we've never had a team that went undefeated with the nice wins that they had in a league like this. It's it's one of the most compelling things, and I know we're in the state of Iowa, so it's compelling here. But I think nationwide, people are going to be talking about this. It's just such a different resume than we've ever seen before, Kevin. Well, you know what else about the resume? If you look, those wins are way back in November, December. Uh-huh. So does that committee weigh those wins against Iowa, Xavier, Memphis, Creighton, that they had in December as heavily as they're going to weigh the losses that they've had here in February? That's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Where's this committee go? Because not, as we know, not all quad wins are going to be equal. Quad one wins are going to be equal when that committee sits down in that room. Uh, we've got about a minute left, Kevin Lehman. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors, Kevin. Uh, the Hawks have taken care of business. They beat the teams that they should have in Minnesota, Maryland, and Nebraska. Hill gets a little steeper here over the next three with Michigan, Ohio State, uh, and Michigan State lined up in the next three. Of course, they've got to go to Columbus in the middle of uh, hosting Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, but they beat the teams they should have. Kevin, when you're looking at the Hawks' recency, what do you see? Well, here's what's interesting. They still don't have a quad one win, but their net keeps going up every week. I look, now it's up to 19 because they just don't have a bad loss uh, on their resume. Big opportunity for them against Michigan, but still, that's still a quad two game. Uh, Michigan State coming into Carver, that's their chance to get that quad one win. But they have to avoid, as we know, guys, they cannot have a bad loss, whether it's at Nebraska, Northwestern. Uh, what they've got coming up. Because, you know, at the end of the season, they're at Michigan and they're at Illinois. Those are going to be tough ones. But it's amazing to watch how this system works. And the fact that they've avoided any bad losses has kept their net so high. Uh, so it, it, it's an interesting resume, too, to, to keep an eye on what the Hawkeyes are doing. Because I think they're going to finish 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, seven and six right now. Kevin Lehman, great stuff. Kevin, we'll speak with you next week. When's your next uh, assignment? What's your next ga- uh, TV gig? Well, I've got Drake at Loyola on Saturday. Then we're back with Missouri State at Northern Iowa. But I tell you, Ken, we're doing the home studio for the first uh-huh. time. So uh, cut me a little slack. Now, <laughs> quite a bit. But here's the hard part. You know, when you're in a in the arena, you're next to your play-by-play guy. Right. You guys know you tap them on the shoulder, you know when to go so you don't step on one another. I have no idea how we're going to do it. He's sitting in his home in uh, Minneapolis area, and I'm sitting here in North Liberty, Iowa. You know, it's going to be interesting. I've got cameras and lights all over my my uh, office studio down here in the basement. Good. So what time is that game? Like it's dinner time, isn't it? It's I think it's a 5 o'clock five, Saturday and yeah. 1 o'clock uh in the win- and I think it's on the Deuce, which surprised me that we're doing it remotely. The Drake game is on ESPN2 on Saturday, and then we come back. You know, two good ones in the Valley, Missouri State at Northern Iowa on Sunday, and I believe that's a 1 o'clock tip. 
Good stuff. We'll talk about it with you next week, Kevin Lehman. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate All right. it. All right, guys. Yep. Have a good, one. good to talk to you, Kevin Lehman. So we talk a little Valley, a little Big Four, and sprinkle a little Wake Forest with Steve Forbes. Come back. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports Sponsors. It's next on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Trent Cotton here for the Center of Iowa. KXNO listeners, you may remember this. I also want to mention Trent Condon. Listen to how excited Trent is to get a vasectomy. I was excited, Keith, and I'm still excited today. Why? No more this around my house. That peace and quiet can be a part of your home as well. Call the Urology Center of Iowa today and schedule your appointment. 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. And don't forget the big March college basketball tournament. For men. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee. Their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Good bets off. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 110 million people watched the Super Bowl. The halftime show was up over last year. This was the one miss. This was a song I wanted to hear more than any. I didn't know hardly any of them, but um, you got that foot tap. It was It was good. Um, and and the, this the the halftime was up as well from last year. See, here's the thing: who did halftime last year? I don't remember. Right? Do you think you'll remember who did half? We were having this conversation oh, yeah. twenty three. Yes, you will. Right? It's top two. Prince still number one. Mm-hmm. That's two. Yeah, it's pretty good. I agree with you. All right, Trent Condon. Uh, let's get to this. It's time for your play of the day. You said you've got some dogs barking tonight. Who've you got? Uh, let's start Iona Patino's boys. That's early. Yes. Six o'clock. They got the Peacocks of St. Peter's. Grab the points here. Iona's starting to go the wrong way. Keep an mm, eye on that okay. one. Memphis. Great win for them. They got the win over the Houston, weekend against right? Houston. Yep. Did it on the road. First loss for Houston in their home building in a long time. Now they go to Cincinnati. Give me the Bearcats. Plus the three. We're taking more points. We're taking Iowa State tonight. And I got one more for you. This is a favorite, though. Villanova. Lane four at Providence. I know the Friars, the the, the talk of college basketball, mm-hmm, what they've been mm-hmm. able to do. And not so fast on this one. We're going <laughs> to go with Nova to get it done, Lane the four. 
All right, Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day each and every day at this time. We are out of time. Murph and Andy are next in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Uh, guessing there'll be no Cyclone Insider tonight with the crew on the road. Wonder and if which is or the I will say women playing. We got the Iowa Wild this. Ah, oh, the Wild in Rockford at seven o'clock. Miller and Condon back tomorrow. Have a great day.